All right. Welcome to Buy It's Cover, one marriage's journey through movie night using only the covers of films they find on streaming services. I am your host, the one and the only host this week, Kevin Eggleston, my co-host. Bree is off uh, gallivanting around Europe, having fun and adventure, and probably at this point, some pasta in Italy. I'm not jealous. Instead, I get to spend my time with you folks, and uh, I'm actually going to do something. We're going to do a, a, a fan request, because I know this is a movie that Bree would judge me harshly if I put in the regular by its cover rotation. This one uh, comes to us from Brandon. Uh, Brandon is recommended we watch, or I watch in this case, because I'm going to be all alone, sadly, watching 2005's The Amateurs. Um, sounds fun. I, uh, I immediately figured out what this movie was based on the cover. I don't think I have to spend a lot of time dissecting what the plot's going to be. The most shocking thing about this is this movie came out in 2005. Uh, so, folks, 2005's The Amateurs, that's what we've got here. It is uh, a film that features Jeff Bridges, Tim Blake Nelson, Joe Pantoliano, William Fitchner, Ted Danson, uh, Patrick Fugit. I This is also the only cover I can find is... I'm having to blow up so much that names are getting blurred. Like uh, it just doesn't zoom well. Lauren Graham in Jeannie Tri or Jeanne, Jean, who knows, Triple Horn, which uh, honestly, Triple Horn, Triple Horn would be an amazing porn name. That'd be like you'd be the Triceratops of dongs. Um, so this movie is The Amateurs. The cover is. Uh, it's four direct or four of those like movie era chairs, those folding chairs. I don't want, I always see, you always see directors sitting in them. So I was going to say director chair, but then each one of them has got uh, a different name. So writer, producer, director, actor, but one of those chairs is replaced with a lawn chair. And there's a, a woman, just her, her lower half pulling off her underwear, uh, and she's wearing black high heels, but it's a lawn chair. And I, looking at it, uh, the rest of the woman's not hidden behind there. It's uh, I don't understand quite why they have this. It's uh, those are, those chairs are in a line, and she's just there taking off her panties. But there's no rest of the. It's like if she was a, a assistant in a magician's trick, and uh, she just lived her life as the lower half. Um, she's got no, no uh, upper body, which I don't want to prejudge a movie, but I'm thinking this probably gives me a great idea what their stance is on women. I like. I don't think we're gonna get the most progressive take uh, in a movie's history about like sex work being empowering and positive. But who knows? I could be wrong. Okay, this movie also has two taglines. Um, so it says the amateurs, and then under that is six guys who don't have a clue just got the picture. Okay, that's tagline one. Um, and it's so weird because that tagline doesn't actually give you any hint what the movie could be about. Uh, and then it says 
in this kind of like it's a stamped on look. It says the world's most innocent adult film. And then somebody has like with red correction pen put in most in between most and innocent, a red little insert word line that says hilarious. So it says the world's most hilarious, innocent adult film. That's this is that movie. It has two taglines. Why? We don't know. Um, in just in case they were like, hey, we don't think the tagline we wrote lets you know that this is about porn. Which, honestly, um, if you didn't put the woman on this cover in that second tagline, and you just had the lawn chair there, this could almost feel like a, like a, if they were going to do a redneck. I don't know why I say redneck, but I like 2005, you could totally cast Larry the Cable Guy in this. I could see that he was popular then, like 2005, and it could just be a version of the producer's but him faking his way into like a big major Hollywood studio. Actually, holy crap, I would love that movie if I had a time machine. Cast Larry the Cable Guy in like a version of the producers where he has to convince Hollywood executives to greenlight his movie about his like small town life. Oh, I could have been such a schlock screenplay writer in the early 2000s. I would have, cr I, I had my pulse on what America wanted. What America wanted is a man faking an accent. Um, so, wow, this one, okay, so I'm trying to figure out, Jeff Bridges is clearly going to be the, the most attractive man. He's the lead in this one. Um, Joe Pantoliano, William Fitchner. I love William Fitchner. All right, any movie he's in, uh, I will pay attention when he's on screen. I, it's just Anybody that has that sharp of a face... That it looks like it could be used to, like, open packages. Okay, like, he could just use his cheekbones to, like, break down cardboard boxes after a hard day's work. Like, I, I will pay attention. Ted Danson's in this. Um, okay, this is also, this isn't the cover that was sent to me by Brandon. The one Brandon sent me looked like uh, if I was doing a very terrible school yearbook. Um, so, this is not the same cover. Because that one, it's it's weird. That one very prominently featured Tom Arnold. And it's hilarious because there is no billing for Tom Arnold in this. Uh, on the one that I'm looking at that I got off of IMDb. Um, so I'm going to be curious. Is Tom Arnold even in this movie? Does he just make a drop in? I also got to think of the people that I recognize. I recognize Jeff Bridges, Joe Pantoliano, William Fitchner, Ted Danson. Do I know who Lauren Graham is? I have to look at the IMDb. Um, don't know him. Don't know him. Oh, Lauren Graham. This is one of those ones where, like, if Bree was here, she would ye have yelled at me um, a lot. She'd be like, why don't you recognize Lauren Graham? She was in that movie that people watch or that TV show that people watched. Gilmore Girls. There we go. Oh, she was in Bad Santa, too. Okay. So, if I were picking... If I were picking the characters, if I was picking the plot of this movie, I'm going to go with this. Jeff Bridges is clearly going to be the lead. Uh, I think he's going to be... I think he's going to be uh, the guy that they either trick into doing the porn... Or something happens that causes him to want to produce porn. And I think Lauren Graham 
hmm, do I think Lauren Graham is already a porn star? Or do I think that Lauren Graham, uh, he has to hide that he's doing this from her because she's too good for it. That's a tricky one. My bet is, simply put, this. I think uh, Jeff Bridges wants to do this porn as like a way he thinks he's going to get back money. You know, I think he's going to try to he think he's going to try to save a, his bar that he owns in this town. And he convinces his buddies to help him. Um, Ted Danson is going to play the uptight one. William Fitchner. I mean, you know what? I'm going to say this. I'm going to bet William Fitchner is the dude that can sling dong. Okay. Uh, I bet he's got a giant penis in this movie. That's just my bet. I'm calling it now. Uh, Joe Pantoliano. Uh, you know what? Fluffer. I bet he look, he's got gentle eyes. Um, but but Jeff Bridges is doing this to save his bar. And then as they're getting ready to make the porn, and he's going to be in it. He meets Lauren Graham in a, a, a cute moment, and then he has to wonder if he can actually go through with it. And at some point, he's having to hide from her that he's getting ready to shoot a porn. I'm going to bet there's a scene where he runs around having to cover up the fact that he's naked uh, with various props around the room. Uh, because this was 2005, and we're like, hmm, we that's what America wants, is America wants a man that can artfully hide his penis behind pillows and uh, pies and uh, other things that could then later be phallic, like a banana or a, uh, a loaf of bread, like a nice baguette. I think what's most shocking to me is like, I thought when I originally got sent this movie as a request, I thought it was gonna be from the 80s or at least the early 90s, just given the cast. Um, it's just weird to me. Like, this is 2005 Jeff Bridges. This is post-Big Lebowski. I mean, this is pre-True Grit Jeff Bridges going for Oscar bait. But, like, this is Jeff Bridges as an established actor. Also, Tom Arnold, like I said, was prominently featured. So this kind of is weird to me that it's all of a sudden gone backwards. Where now we... Uh, 2005 Tom Arnold, very different than, like, 1995 Tom Arnold. I think this is also weird to find out. 2005, I was just graduating high school. This is three years before Zack and Miri make a porno, which I have a feeling these are going to feel eerily similar in some ways. So I'm I'm kind of curious. I, I don't... At first, I thought Brandon was sending me like a, an 80s sex comedy movie. Now that I know he's sending me that weird renaissance from like 1999 to 2008, um, that kind of like American Pie era sex comedy, I'm a little bit more intrigued, especially since this seems like, um, like this isn't super young Jeff Bridges. This is almost to like Tron Legacy Jeff Bridges. I, I like. I think is this is this going to be like a, a older person's answer to Zach and Mary make a porno? Like, is this going to be, you know, how uh, for every like action movie they make they're like we're gonna do taken or red where we show an old actor kicking ass is this gonna be actually now that i'm wondering this is 2005 i wonder when did that movie my mom loved it this sounds weird to be talking about a movie about porn that my mom loved 
but my mom loved it. It was uh, Calendar Girls. When did that come out? Calendar Girls. This is, I have had so many risky Google image searches getting ready for this movie. Okay, do you ever know what happens if you just type in the amateurs and hit image search on Google? You get a lot of weird stuff real quick. All right, I've also had to do Zack and Mary make a porno. That was a weird one. Uh, but Calendar Girls, the movie, that came out in... There's no way that came out in 2022. They must be remaking it. 2003, and that was a movie about uh, less than convent or unconventionally attractive women. That's the nice way to say it. But I'm pretty sure Gwyneth Paltrow's in it, but I can't remember. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, Helen Mirren, I remember that. Oh, yeah, Helen Mirren. 2003 Helen Mirren, she could still get it. Uh, that's weird. I don't mean to objectify Dame Helen Mirren, but, you know. It is what it is. Uh, so 2003, this feels like uh, like this was an older person's response to uh, American Pie. So Helen Mirren, I don't know where I got Gwyneth Paltrow was involved. Did 2003 Helen Mirren look like modern day? Oh my gosh, it kind of does. Yeah, I, I almost wonder, is this, uh, was there a boom period that I never knew about because I was not the right age of in the early 2000s? They were like, old people still fuck we have to prove that older people still can can get it on i mean is this this is uh this might be the the taken the red the death wish with bruce willis uh boom that we had in the the 2010s where they're like old people can still fight uh now we got to be like old people still get dick i don't know what i'm in for i um I thought I was going to get an 80s sex comedy a la Porky's. And now I might be getting uh, the boomer generation showing us they still got it. So let's go watch a movie. All right. And we are back. Or I should say I am back. Man, it is weird to be in the singular for this episode. I am back having just finished The Amateurs. That was a heck of an experience. I uh, did not have anything to snack on because I had eaten dinner right before this and uh, felt that maybe a like empty stomach was probably, or at least uh, not eating during it was a good idea because I thought I was going to get like raunchy sex comedy. Instead, I got a dirty movie-inspired version of Stand By Me. I think that's the best way to uh, describe what I just witnessed. This movie, which came out in 2005, is like if somebody uh, tried to create a X-rated version of like an 80s coming-of-age teen movie, which I know I'm talking about a movie about centered around like making a porn. So it's fun to say words like coming-of-age and get euphemistic with it. But honestly, that euphemism is the dirtiest thing uh, that could be said about the amateurs. I I have never been so untitillated in a way. I like, and I'm just I'm angry uh, a little bit about that. It just that movie, huh? I wonder was it even rated R? It's not that I wanted to see nudity. Like we have the internet, but it just there's something frustrating about like you deciding to pull back that much on that movie that you're like, we had to keep it somewhat 
PG-13. Um, I'm trying to think if they ever even... They didn't really swear in it. They, there's no... There's butts. And you can PG-13 butts. Um, but the butts are always in soft focus. And I don't know. Gosh. I, I just... I don't know. I found this one in case you're curious and you want to watch the amateurs. Um, Amazon Prime will not even let you like rent it uh you have to instead watch it on imdb tv free with ads so at about eight different parts of this movie i all of a sudden had ads cutting in and the ads were sexier than anything on the screen again i did not watch this being like i need to get horned up by a movie but you can't make a movie called the amateurs about a town coming together to make a porno and just not have any anything. Um, so it was... Man, this movie has so many different... Like, so supposedly it was made in 2005. It came out in 2007. It made $64,000. Um, but it's so weird because the IMDb listed as 2005. It was rated R, and I, for the life of me, cannot figure out why. I would really have to go back and listen. Um, I learned so many weird words for sex. Um, it, it felt like they used slang that, like, my grandpa would have used, you know, when he was trying to tell his buddies about what they did after the, uh, the sock hop. You know, he'd be like, oh, I took her down to the Hootenanny and she showed me her uh, her po polygamous. And you're like, what is that? And he's like, well, you know, you can't see a good polygamous. And you're like, I don't think that's an actual thing, Grandpa. And he's like, well, I saw it in the war when we stormed the beaches of Normandy. All the French women were showing their polygamuses. It was uh, they the word that they used. So in one scene, this movie, they they are they get a woman uh, to be in their their film. And their justification for hiring her is that she works at a mattress store, at a bed store. Which, one, they didn't even call it the mattress store. They called it the bed store, which is weird. And, like, nobody would call it the bed store. Uh, they called it the mattress, or they wouldn't, they'd call it a mattress store. But they said that she liked to, what was the word that they used? Uh, it was, like, scrump? Yeah, it was the word scrump. And they're like, she wouldn't work at a bed store if she didn't like to scrump. And I'm like, I don't, that sounds gross. That sounds like, if you told me, if somebody, I don't care how attractive that person, if Henry Cavill came up to me and was like, hey, you want to scrump? I'd be like, please, can we not? Okay, you are uh, off of my hall pass list that I share with my wife. All right, you just, you just scrumped yourself off there. You, you could go home and scrump off. For all I care. The word scrump should never be used as a sexual term. Um, and that's one that they kept using. Okay, here's the plot of this movie. Jeff Bridges. Uh, Jeff Bridges is a man that is not good at much. And he loses his wife because he loses his job. And he can't get another job, apparently. Um... Because he was too wild and crazy. Like, we never actually get told why he really lost his job. The, the boss just calls him stinky one day and then blames him for, like, losing an account or not having sales. 
And so Jeff Bridges gets fired and then pees on his desk. And that never gets any sort of resolution. Like, that boss should have some comeuppance if you're actually writing this movie. Or there should be some reason why he's, like, fired. Like, a character flaw that we never see addressed. It's just that he supposedly gets also these thinking ideas. And when he thinks too much, he ropes his friends into it. Because this small town, everyone's friends. The town's name is Butterface Fields. And nobody makes a joke or reference to like somebody's a butterface. Just frustrating. It again, finding out this movie is set in butterface fields and this doesn't have any sort of like juvenile joke comedy in it was frustrating. Like I'm like it's right there. So I just wonder who cleaned up the draft of this movie, you know? Okay. So anyways, uh he he his wife leaves him. He has a son. The son, he's worried, uh, Jeff Bridges' character is worried that his son won't respect him uh, because his new stepdad is rich. Even though the son seems to be the most cool kid uh, with handling the like split in his marriage and he is, tries to like let his dad know, hey, I'm fine with whatever money you have. I just want a dad. I don't really need material things. Like, and... The stepdad is actually a really nice guy. Like, he has no, there's no flaws that they bring up. Jeff Bridges even likes him. The ex-wife is nice and kind. Like, everyone's just very wholesome in this movie. Um, so Jeff Bridges gets the idea that he's going to make a porno. Now, also, again, I laugh because this is set in 2005. And he's like, yeah, I, I bought at the height of the tech bubble... And that burst, and I cost everyone money. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna really outsmart him, and I'm gonna invest in making a film porno. At the height of like right when porn shifted to being able to just be downloaded on the internet, okay? Like we had DSL, like. So again, this guy's got terrible timing. Even in the movie world, like in the real world, it wouldn't have worked out too well for him. So. He comes up with this idea. He has he ropes his friends in. His uh, one of his friends is a refrigerator repairman who's in love with a woman that they try to get to be an actress in it. Uh, another one is a closeted gay man played by Ted Danson. Um, one of them is kind of a perpetual screw up that they only ever call some idiot, and he takes night classes at the community college, but never like the same class. Uh, and that's played by Joe Pantoliano, which. Okay, here's what I also discovered. Uh, this movie, which I thought had Tom Arnold, uh, turns out it did not. Uh, who I thought was Tom Arnold was actually Joe Pantoliano on the cover. I really need to get high-res covers, is what I'm learning when I get sent these movies. I need to really pinch and zoom. Because um, I don't know who's more insulted. Joe Pantoliano for being confused with Tom Arnold or Tom Arnold. I think putting him in this movie would have 100% elevated it to maybe art. Um he, was de he would definitely have brought more uh, gruff charm to this. Also, uh, we, William Fitchner plays a screw-up who just wants to be involved in the porn because he wants to be part of something. Uh, but not like an actor. And uh, he just wants to hang out on set and be buddies with people. And then they have two friends that are named Mo and Ron, and they're always together, so they call them Moron. Um, 
I don't know why any of these people are friends. Uh, they have Emmett, who is the local weird kid at the movie theater that actually they never portray him as weird. He just always has a camera on him. And he always films. And uh, he becomes their videographer. And then uh, the movie is them kind of working their way through setting up this porn film, which uh, one of my frustrations in this movie is the pacing. It is a full 15 minutes. I timed it. It was a full 15 minutes in this movie before we even get the credits. Where he, like, the opening credits where he's like, we're going to make a porn. And then Amateurs pops up on screen finally. Um, and actually, like, so much happens in that 15 minutes pacing-wise. Like, every conflict in this movie is set up. But there's also no reason for those conflicts to exist. Like, they're... There never seems to really be a money issue. There never seems to be uh, the mom, the ex-wife is like threatening. Jeff Bridges with custody if he doesn't get involved. Like none of that happens. No, there's no moment where Jeff Bridges actually has to step up and like do this thing. He just decides that this is the thing he's going to do. Um, and it's so weird because everyone again in this town is so supportive of this man's decision. Uh, nobody asks a single question, it seems, about the process. Uh, there's a scene where he purchases a lot of porn, and we just hear it in the background, and uh, and he just talks about it, again, like it's somebody's grandfather just using old-timey slang for what they're seeing or what they're witnessing. Um which is so bizarre to have somebody be like, oh yeah, then they stooped, you know, a good old fashioned stooping, which I, again, no, there's not a sexy way to say stoop. Um, so then they kind of divvy up the roles. They try to get uh, actors and actresses. Uh, I guess everyone's an actor, um, but in the porn film, they decide that they need to have uh, a scene, a lesbian scene, and they say lesbo scene, which again, like some of the, some of this movie just dates itself. Again, I, I have a hard time believing the script. I mean, I understand. I grew up in the 2005s. We were not the most progressive, enlightened people at the time. Um, but there is no way a script in 2005 was written uh, where they have the phrases, we need a lesbo scene. And a scene with a bunch of big black guys and a little white girl scene. And I was like, these are, these are like, these were like the porno equivalents of when you watched um, like Bad News Bears, the original one, not the Billy Bob Thornton remake. And he just goes through and lists like ethnic slurs that the characters on the team are. And you're like, this doesn't age well. This doesn't age well. The scene they're talking about, because they're like, we need a lesbo scene. We need a girl playing with toys scene. We need um, some up the butt scenes, which I'm like, you can say anal. And they turns out like halfway through the movie, one of the characters is like, that scene is called anal. Like these men in their 40s just learn the technical term for butt stuff. Um. And then they're like, we need, uh, they don't say gangbang. It's again, like five times this movie points out, we need big dick black guys with a little white girl. And you're like, Jesus Christ, could you, 
could you be more racist with your interracial porn overtones? Like, God, there's no good way to say that, guys. Well, actually, there are great ways to say it. You chose none of them. Um, and then there they want to make sure there is a, a scene with, they say, a woman. Uh, they, they don't even say giving blowjobs. They say a woman. Uh, I can't even remember the word they use. But they like write it out. But basically, it's like they want a bukkake scene. Uh, which... Again, they're, they're like, after all of our studying of various porn films, that's what every scene has to have. Or every movie has to have. And then so they set out to find um, actresses for this. And they find, first off, William Fichtner finds the girl from the uh, bed store, which turns out she is, uh, it is true, she wants to do the scene um, because she likes sex and that's why she works at a bed store. Which such a weird stereotype to try to establish, um, as far as a demographic. And then they have uh, a scene where they try to recruit the for their gangbang. They try to recruit the local uh, young woman. She's in her twenties. They very make it very clear she's twenty. Um, to, that works at the Tasty Freeze, and she uh, like it's so funny because these guys. I don't think the movie gets this. Um, at least I don't think it ever like dwells on what they're actually talking about. But there's a scene where he like Jeff Bridges character who he is playing just Lebowski. Um, and I, I hate to say this. I think every role Jeff Bridges has taken on since big Lebowski has just been him playing the dude with slightly more curmudgeonliness. Um, like, Rooster Cogburn is just the dude with tobacco spit. In Tron, he's just the dude that also knows, like, computer lingo. So this is just him as the dude confused by porn. So he has this moment where he talks to this girl and he says, well, why would you even want to do this film? And she's like, have you been in this town? It's awful. Like, I'm already doing sex. I do it because I'm bored. I do it because I like it. Uh... I don't have anything else to do, and at least I'm getting paid right now. And at least it's do it does something to make my life at least a little bit better. And I kind of laughed because I was like, oh, I don't think this movie realizes that, like, you can't demonize these sex workers. And that's what that movie kind of at certain points tries to do, or at least tries to be like, well, these people are this way. I, and uh, I don't think they realize like there's this moment of female empowerment and then the movie just chooses to move on. There's also a moment, so Jeff Bridges also goes to recruit a woman that becomes his love interest in the movie that's fully uh, in the film for maybe five minutes. Um, she looks suspiciously like his ex-wife and nobody mentions it, um, but she, they go to recruit her because she was once in Playboy. And the thing is, is they he asks her about it and she's like yeah i did i did it because i couldn't pay rent and nobody ever looked at me the same way and everyone judged me and then so he decides to not have her in the porn and then they have another woman that's in the porn or she does the uh, masturbation scene and again none of this is seen the closest we get is we see a scene where like joe pantaleano uh mimics masturbating as a woman uh, in his boxers with toys 
and it's terrifying. Um, not in a funny way, but just in a, huh, that man's an accomplished actor. And that's what they made him do, uh, sort of way. But they end up burning the woman, the footage of the woman, because one of the characters is in love with her. So this movie has this whole thing where it's like, oh, you can love these women, you can idolize them, and you can want and view them sexually, but you don't want to actually see them do anything sexual. Like they're they're uh, protected in a way. This has some weird gender dynamics, and I, it, like I don't feel. As a man, I feel like I'm only qualified to talk about gender dynamics in this way, but it's just weird. Uh, I don't love it. I think it's kind of an odd take in a movie. Um, the other thing they have is when they get the woman for the gangbang scene, uh, none of them want to watch because, again, uh, sex is somehow in this movie talked about but never seen, never witnessed, and almost treated like these men who have had, a couple of them have had kids are confused by the very intimacy of the act. They like they don't understand. Like, oh, turns out if I'm gonna make a porno, I might have to see a penis. But they get the three black guys together to do the gangbang, and they get angry because they find out the black guys don't have giant penises. Uh, and they f basically cancel the scene and cut the scene. And then later in the movie, it comes up where one of the uh, guys comes back and is like, hey, that was humiliating. You humiliated us. And again, the movie doesn't understand that, like, hey, that guy actually might have had a point. Like, there's some weird race dynamics that are going on. And instead, they try to have Jeff Bridges being like, I couldn't be racist because uh, I don't have time to be racist because I'm trying to do something here. Um, and instead of saying, like, oh, yeah, maybe this movie should push back against, like, racial stereotypes and things like that, they're just like, no, it's it, that was as close as we'll get to a laugh. Uh, these black guys don't have big penises, and that's what makes it funny. Um, just such so again, so weird. Uh, this movie had so many moments where it could have just it could have actually had genuinely cute or quirky takes on things and chose not to. Um, also, this whole thing is narrated by Jeff Bridges, in which he tells you when st certain stuff is going to happen. Like, oh, more on this later. Uh, again, it felt very much like a 80s, uh, like Ferris Bueller's Day Off almost type thing, but making a porn. Again, I use the Stand By Me one because uh, it was almost like that level of narration or like the Sandlot, you know, <laughs> except it's 40-year-old uh, men making porn. Uh, finally, they succeed in making the porn. Uh, hijinks ensue that causes the film to be destroyed the night of its premiere. Um, they think everything is ruined and instead Jeff Bridges takes all the video footage that Emmett, the uh, videographer, took because he was filming everything on his video camera, not just the film camera. They take that, they re-edit it, cut out all the porn, they submit it to film festivals and it does really well um, because it's a story about friends coming together in a town like bonding over this porno film. And that supposedly makes all their lives better. <sighs> Again, this movie has no conflict. Um, I think that would be the one thing I, I would say if you wanted to actually do this movie and do it upright. It needs to have something, some pop, some pizzazz. Like there needs to be a reason 
that drives this plot forward. Again, they talk about Jeff Bridges not being wealthy, but there's no real like, is he that poor? You know, he still has a house. He still is able to do certain things. Um, his biggest thing is he can afford a $40 gift for his kid's birthday, but not an $80 gift for his kid's birthday. That's a little interesting. Uh, so again, like, we don't really have stakes for why he's doing this other than he needs to. And also, it's so funny because it's never like his son expresses that he doesn't love his dad. But the movie makes this big deal at the end of it where Jeff Bridges um, plays a message on his phone or on his voicemail. I'm sorry, they didn't have voicemail in 2005. His answering machine where his son is like, I love you, dad. All my friends are raving about this movie, which they shouldn't. Um, bad parents if you took your kids to a movie about making a porn that features uh, no porn and a guy, uh, you know, actively getting shot in the arm and losing his arm later on. Um, that's a, the other side plot that doesn't really matter. It, it gets brought up and it's somehow important. I don't get it. Uh, but in the scene... Uh, or in the, the, that scene, he replays it like five or six times where his son's like, Dad, you're the best. I love you. And again, at no point do we get told like the son doesn't love his dad. We don't get shown that. The son just like wants to bond with his dad. And his dad instead, Jeff Bridges, is like, I have to make something of myself to make my son proud of me. But again, we have no indication that his son is not proud of him. Um, he, you know, the, the stepdad ends up loaning Jeff Bridges $50,000 to be able to complete the movie at one point. So there's no conflict there. This movie is without any like driving reason for why it should happen. It's just Jeff Bridges one day got a wild idea to make a porn, and there's not even internal conflict on Jeff Bridges' part. Like There's no point where he has to f convince himself that what he's doing is the right decision. There's no part where he has to convince his friends. Like There's no internal struggle. It's just... Uh, here are some series of goofy happenstances that uh, maybe made it a little bit silly. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Gosh, how would I, how would I, what I recommend this movie? Actually, I, I forget this because usually I have Brie here to tell me what I need to still talk about. And so it's weird to not have uh, her <laughs> keeping me on track. But. What, what would I change on this cover? Um, I think... I think I would do uh, a picture of film stock with, like, a thong on it and then the video camera pointing at that because that ends up becoming, like, the crucial crux of this movie. Um... I don't know. I think this movie like sells itself on like making you think it's going to have something dirty in it, but it's not. I mean, for a movie about making a porn, I would watch this with my grandma. And it's not like my grandma uh, is like that cool of a person that I'd be like, grandma gets down with dirty movies. Oh, that sounded weird. Those are phrases that sometimes I say and I regret. And usually Brie would be here to call me on them and she's not. And it just really bummed. Um... But then I'm trying to think, what else is there? So I think that, yeah, I think this movie uh, could have used a second pass on the script. I think that there's more jokes that you could have wrung out of the, the conceit of 
a bunch of kind of people that have no idea how to make a porno making a porno. I think there would be something funny about small town America, like trying to make this dirty movie. Um, but again, nobody in the town seems to have a problem with it. Nobody in the town seems to really like the only problem they seem to have is when they're directly confronted with being asked if they want to be in it. Um, so there's not even a, I have this idea and you know, they push back against me. Um, it's just, Oh yeah, no, this person just doesn't want to be in it. Um, would I recommend this movie? So this one was recommended to us or was said, hey, you need to watch this. You know, it's not the, it's not a bad movie. Um, I, I guess, I mean, it's free with ads. Um, did I like it more than Zack and Miri make a porno? Yeah, I think so. Zack and Miri make a porno. There's kind of a mean spiritedness to that in a little bit. But that kind of exists and it feels like in every Kevin Smith movie. Um... So this one, I guess, is the fact that, like, it's not... There's no meanness to it. Nobody's a bad person. There's no villain in this movie. Um, you know, the only villain is that, I guess, the boss. But, again, all we ever see is that he calls Jeff Bridges stinky for some reason. Tells him to wear a diaper, which made no sense. And then uh, he got peed on. So, I don't know. I would have liked to have seen him get some comeuppance, though. Uh, yeah, maybe that's just my my anti-capitalism rant is capitalism was the real monster in this movie even Brad Garrett uh, is in this for like a hot second as the store manager that basically tells Jeff Bridges like no you can't afford this $80 basketball I'm not going to make you like a deal on it um, get your kid the $40 basketball that's the one you could afford um, and the movie doesn't even play it up like he's that big of a villain um, cause again, like none of these characters get comeuppance. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's a fine use of your time. I, I, I it's weird to me that this came out in 2005. Uh, I feel like there were other movies. Oh, 40 year old virgin came out in 2005. So it's kind of weird that this would be a, a, almost a modern competitor. Actually, it came out a full, it came out in August 11th. The other one came out in December, like this would have had a couple months on it. So it was just very much a, like the winds changed in comedy movies. Um, we're right in the like Apatow movies just being the, the, the modus operandi for, for kind of raunchy sex comedies. And so this one is this weird mishmash of a somehow wholesome movie. Um, so yeah. That's my thoughts on the amateurs. Uh, also recast uh, everyone with Tom Arnold. Um, I would love to see a deep fakes version of this with just Tom Arnold playing every role. Um, so, and and if you're gonna do that, then uh, make him hang dong. Okay, Tom Arnold just hanging dong. I don't want that. I don't need that. But uh, cinema deserves that. So, that's what. Uh, what my take is on the amateurs thanks for bearing with the one-man production i swear we'll get back to having the lovely the charming the just ever delightful brie uh back in in short order if you want to see more of my my thoughts my single person brain thoughts you can follow me on the social media sites that's 
at Cavan underscore egg or CavanEggleston.com. You can also follow Buy It's Cover and all the stuff we're doing at Buy It's Cover Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find that at Buy It's Cover Podcast on Facebook. All right. Have a good day, folks. Bye.